Hi everybody, welcome back to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I have a really special episode for you because I interviewed my boss, mentor, and friend, Dr. Aziz Ghazipura. And in this episode, we dove really deep into women's dating and confidence. So some of the things that we spoke about were, do men these days really want commitment? And what influence do you have on a day or when you're getting to know somebody in a guy's decision to commit to you? We also spoke about how you can feel more confident in your body and how you can get out of this competition mindset that you may have with other women. Like you need to be the most beautiful in the room or the most beautiful girl on the dating app or else you're not able to attract the guy that you really want. We also spoke about the pressure that so many women feel at a certain age or phase of life where they want children and they want a family, but now they feel like they're running out of time. So how do we alleviate some of that pressure and still date with confidence? And just to give you a little bit of background, Dr. Aziz is the founder of the Center for Social Confidence in Portland, Oregon, and he has had a successful coaching business for over 10 years. So he's really an expert when it comes to confidence and dating. Dr. Aziz has written three amazing books. They are The Art of Extraordinary Confidence, The Solution to Social Anxiety, and Not Nice. He also has a weekly podcast called Shrink for the Shy Guy, but if you're listening to this podcast, you'll definitely love his podcast as well. So I definitely recommend that you check that out. And lastly, before we get started, I want to let you know two things about the end of the episode. First of all, Dr. Aziz and I are going to invite you to a live event in Portland, Oregon coming up this June. And we're going to talk more about what the event entails and how it's going to transform your life towards the end of the episode, as well as give you a huge discount just for being a listener of this podcast. And the second thing is, at the end, we had this awkward, funny goodbye where he wasn't sure if I was done recording or not. And usually I would just edit that out, but I just thought it was funny. So I left it in there. You're welcome. Enjoy. (laughs) So thank you so much, Dr. Aziz, for being here today. I'm really excited to ask you some questions that are going to be specific to women's dating and confidence. And yeah, I just really appreciate that you came on the call today. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, so I'm going to go through some of the most common questions that I get from women that I work with. And I'm really interested to hear your perspective as a man and also as somebody who has coached thousands of men all over the globe. And maybe you can give us some insight into the male mind. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. So the first question that I hear or the first statement that I hear most frequently from the women that I work with is men just don't want commitment these days. Mm. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear your perspective from having worked with so many men and also just from having male friends and talking to people. Do you think that's true, especially with online dating and all of these things that like these tools that we have access to today? Because sometimes the women that I speak with have the impression that men would rather just keep swiping on Tinder and have this illusion of unlimited abundance. And so settling down, having a family, getting married are just not priorities for them right now? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And I think it is a real 
uh, thing that women are experiencing. It's not made up. And I think that the answer is yes, a lot of men are not interested in that. And then, and then many still are, there's just uh, more access now, more ease of setting up these kinds of connections, whether it's through an app or some sort that than there ever has been, you know, throughout history. So uh, that is combined with, uh, I think a, it seems like many men, uh, even before dating apps and everything struggled or to do struggle with commitment and not to say that women don't either. Uh, women can have a lot of fear of that as well, but historically men struggle with that. And some people explain this, you know, biologically, you know, a sort of sex before dawn or sex at dawn kind of book where it's like, Hey, we're, uh, meant to be polyamorous. And then other people explain it as, um, just something about the maturity of, of the man or something like that. So I don't know if there's a simple answer to it, but in my experience with confidence work, men have a lot of fear about deep intimacy and connection. And I, and I personally think that a lot of this comes from the culture that we're raised in, um, a lack of connection with family, with uh, particularly our own fathers. Um, but there's just a lot of discomfort. And so, you know, kind of a, of course we want it. We want intimacy. We want to connect. It's a human need. And then there's also this like ugh, I'm a little scared of it in ways that I don't quite understand. So then that's the backdrop. Now you insert all of these apps and ways to just like, hey, you don't you can connect without doing that. And that's going to be very appealing to a lot of men. But what I found, though, is that men reach a certain point in their life. A lot of them that I work with where that just does not work for them anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a certain age. Sometimes I really think it's about experience and maturity and not to say that you have to want to quote settle down in that way. But I do see that as a very common pattern that people reach a point where they're like, man, yeah, I can hook up, but is this all there is? And then those men, I do think are deeply looking for connection. And so do you think that there are certain things that women do on dates or as they're getting to know somebody that enhances or diminishes that fear in men of commitment? I think there would be a couple of things. One is the woman knowing herself and what she wants. Uh, that's so important. And getting clear, like, what what am I looking for? Because then what happens is she can filter relatively quickly through men like okay if he's interested in hooking up and something casual and not interested in commitment that's not what i'm about and that might sound obvious if a woman's like yeah i'm looking for a relationship but you know we can waver we get lonely uh, we create fantasies like oh maybe i'll you know convert him (laughs) and he'll Mm -hmm. settle with me if i'm good enough if i'm just you know I'll, i'll win him over and we have all these things but i would say just like see as clearly as possible which i know is challenging in dating but you know and just really what's before me? What's not, not the fantasy and the hope and the, but what's, you know, what am I getting back here? That'd be the first thing is to get really clear. Cause then you can figure that out. Maybe even before you uh, spend time with someone, maybe even the apps that you use would be different. Uh, maybe the ways that you meet someone would be different. And then of course, certainly after that first date, you'd probably get a sense and you could be more direct. Not that you say like, what are we going to get married or what are we doing here? You know, but just kind of feel out a little bit and you can ask some questions about, what they're, what they're looking for, what they're interested in and get a sense. And the other piece though, I would say is like, well, is there a way to approach it to, um, make it easier for him? And the answer is 
generally no, because it's not about you. It's about him and his readiness and maturity level. There is one thing, though, that I've seen to be very effective, which is when a man is in the process of commitment. So this is really important because I really want women to understand this. I'm saying first select, right? First get a sense. Is he just looking for a hookup or is he really interested in commitment, right? Then once you've made that assessment and he's saying he wants to go further and you are, then there's an element of if you can be less reactive to some of his uh, commitment spasms, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I found this to be so healing, not only in clients that I've worked with, but friends and even in my own relationship with Candace, because I think every man, when he's transitioning from like, I can be with whoever I want to like, I'm going to be with you. I mean, we deeply want it. And there's like "Ah, fear going on. So I'm not saying him acting out or cheating or doing something weird, but just him expressing like, oh, I'm feeling fear around commitment to as much as possible remain centered in yourself and not super overreacting like what? Well then if you, you know, and then what happens is then he has a lot more fear, but I've seen this happen many times. A woman can be uh, just a little more, okay, yeah, you're feeling some fear and then explore it with each other. And that I've seen help men kind of get through that little spasm in many different situations. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't show up as them telling you outright, I'm feeling fear of commitment. I think you're a very self-aware person. So that's probably how you express it. But it can also just show up with men pulling away a little bit or wanting some extra independence or um, maybe spending a little bit less time with you after he feels really close to you. So most frequently I hear from women, for example, if they go on vacation with a guy and they had a really great time. And then when they return, suddenly he's a little bit more distant. And those are the moments when you don't want to freak out because he's probably just trying to reestablish a sense of independence and feeling like he's not like, sometimes it can kind of how you described it, like a commitment spasm. (laughs) Like it kind of scares you to feel that close to somebody and then you need some space afterwards. And it's really important to not be super reactive. Absolutely. In fact, I mean, this did happen as as self-aware as I am, uh, (laughs) a lot of stuff (laughs) slips through the cracks. And so uh, we actually came up with a a name, Candace, my wife coined the term, but uh, for a part of me that comes out and she called him autonomy man. Mm. And so autonomy man was, you know, me that wants autonomy, me that wants, I don't do my own thing. And so (laughs) what was really helpful is having a playful name like that for that energy in me allowed us to talk about it and joke about it and and even talk more directly about what was happening in a way that didn't feel blaming or wrong or shaming. And so that can be really uh, beneficial as well is to have some way to address it. And, you know, if someone's listening to your podcast, Amber, she's obviously, or he could be men too, um, but it's very uh, growth oriented. And there's, if there's one thing I've seen over the many years is Partner selection matters. And yeah. people sometimes don't know, like, well, what does that mean? You know, how do I, uh, how do I figure that out? Do we have to have to all our values align? And do we have to, do our stars, our charts have to align or astrological signs? And, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to, to figure that out. But I think um, one thing that people often overlook that is just uh, so unfortunate because it really determines a lot is how growth oriented 
if someone is growth as a growth mindset and is growth oriented versus a fixed mindset and or more sort of set in in their perception of the world this generally doesn't end well because what happens is the growth person keeps growing and the you know static person the fixed person doesn't i mean it's slowly maybe really slowly and yeah. then what happens is 3 months later so it usually takes some time you know no, no, a year later two years later, sometimes they get married, sometimes they have kids and then it's five years, seven years later. And all of a sudden they're just like, Oh God. And they kind of knew and they were just sort of hoping. And, and so, um, you know, anyone listening to this podcast, I definitely put that in your criteria, you know, because yeah, your husband or future partner or dating person you want to be with doesn't have to be, you know, they don't have to be a trained therapist, professional, nonviolent communication <laughs> Go workshop going guru or something. So yeah, maybe you are better com at communicating than him. But is he open to communication? Does he want to learn about that stuff? Is that important to him? And not just because you're you know you're twisting his arm. He's like, all right, fine, we'll talk about it. But like, does he would he read a book about communication? Does he before he met you? Those are going to be big boons to the relationship and not. Him not doing that, especially if you're, you know, growth oriented, if you're, which you are, if you're listening to this podcast, then that's going to be a problem later on. Totally. Yeah. And so, um, another really frequent thing that I hear from the women listening to this podcast and people that I work with is this fear that they don't measure up in comparison to the competition. And again, this is really heightened with dating apps where you just swipe through people and their pictures. And maybe you feel like I'm, not the most beautiful supermodel in this room, or I'm not the most beautiful person on Tinder, most likely. And feeling like with all this choice, why would a guy choose me if I don't have the perfect looks? Yeah. Well, that is just the intensification of a poison that's been in our culture for a long time. I mean, I don't know how long, but at least 50 years, maybe 60, 70. I don't know when kind of mainstream media modeling uh, all those images became more and more and more prevalent, maybe since the 1950s. But, you know, it's just only intensified as we now we don't have to open a magazine or a newspaper to see the images. They're everywhere and they're on and they're in our pockets and we're just constantly looking at them, whether it's actual ads at this point or just, you know, social media where people are representing what they see in the ads as as ideal. And so we're just we're just swimming in a sea of a toxic culture that is designed to make us hate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's really, um, it's very intense, but it's just like, you know, a gas, a, a gas that you don't smell that slowly fills the room. You're like, well, what's, what's the big deal? You know, but actually if you take a step back, why do 90% of people have some dislike, AKA hatred of their own bodies or appearance? Like that is disturbing. Something's going on there, right? So of course this is going to show up in a lot of areas, but especially dating relationships, because we have the story of like, well, in order to be enough, in order to be loved, I need to secure that attention. And the way I'm going to do that is by looking like this. And not only is that, uh, put a lot of fear in us, but then there are a certain amount of people that really buy into that. That do say, Hey, I want to look like that. And I want a partner that looks like that because that's what matters to me in life is to look like a model, is to look like this. And uh, although this all might sound dismal, 
here I'm I'm just <laughs> wanting to to highlight this because there is liberation is possible but mm-hmm. not in playing that game. Liberation is possible when we look at the game that that's being pushed upon us by media and also what's being picked up by a lot of people and we say, "Ooh, no thank you." Mm-hmm. Like I that's not what my life is about. And what matters to me most is not, you know, what the shape of my body looks like or this image or do I compare to that person here? Like that's not what this existence is about. Mm-hmm. So we want to like up level, like, what are we doing here on this crazy planet? I don't think it's like, you know, starving ourselves to try to look a certain way. I really doubt that's like the the ultimate <laughs> purpose for humanity. So that's the good news is you can say, you know, what? I don't want to play that game. And I just want to take care of my body and be healthy um, and eat foods that make me feel good and use my body and move in ways that make me feel good. And that is who I am. And, you know, women can maybe you mentioned this stuff to your listeners before, but there's a lot of really interesting, there's a really powerful movement um, called Health at Every Size. And it's there's a number of authors. There's a book called Body Respect and even a book I think called Health at Every Size that really highlights how women and all people can reclaim their sense of beauty and worth outside of constantly striving to try to be something that's that's not obtainable and not really them. And then when you've stopped playing that game, you know what's amazing is you start to emit a signal that's like, hey, I'm looking for other people also not playing that game. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There are men out there who are not playing that game. You know, yes, you'll find some, you know, not to generalize because not all frat people get in frats for this or fraternity brothers, but, you know, that's sort of the stereotype, right? It's like, what's the hottest chick I can hook up with, right? <laughs> like, that's not all men. And if that's all you're seeing and that's all you're getting, there's some wound there to heal because that's what you're that's what life is bringing to you out of the infinite, right? So there's something to heal in yourself and your own body image and self-love. And as you do that, you'll start to find there's amazing men. There's like psych- interested men who are interested in psychology and development and art and creativity and um, spirituality and all these things. And that they're not stuck in this, oh, a woman has to look this way. And then they, these men, of which I am one, can <laughs> see that... Like so many women are so beautiful in so many different ways. And the beauty is about this like energy that's emitted from them. And when what like charges that energy most is actually their own radiance and self-love and uninhibited, unabashed uh, being themselves in the world. And that's very attractive. And there's women of all different shapes, sizes, heights, skin colors, and everything that I've been attracted to that are emitting that. And the beauty is that's in your power. And, and you reclaim that when you unplug from the toxic uh, cultural programming. Yeah. And I also think despite all of that toxic programming, men are still attracted to all sorts of women and they do not think about our cellulite or stretch marks or veins or like other things that we worry about so much they actually don't care about. And I remember when I was younger, I spoke to my mom about this and I was like, mom, like, do you worry about your cellulite or do you ever think of having your veins like laser removed? She's like, you know, if I go down that road, like I'll never stop fixing myself. And guys still think it's sexy. (laughs) Like Mm. she had this confidence about her. And it's true. Like guys really don't care about that stuff as much as we do. And most likely the insecurities that you have, like nobody is spending that much time hating on them as much as you are. 
that's the biggest point right there. And what what I think everyone underestimates is the power of love, the power of true connection. Like, yeah, someone's looking at some random images of people they don't know on a screen or something. It's like, yeah, sure, there's no connection there. But once like you get you start to be with someone and talk with them and connect with them, like stuff happens that's so beyond our understanding and our brains and bodies and nervous systems and hearts and spirits and everything. So, you know, once that something's clicked, like I am in love with my wife, no matter what, I don't care, Mm -hmm. you know, aging, weight, losing an arm. It doesn't matter. Like I'm in, I'm in until the end. Yeah. And so another question that I hear frequently from women is women who are heading towards the age of 30 or above and are starting to feel this extra pressure about meeting the right person because they want to start a family. Mm. And so, of course, this pressure doesn't really serve you in dating. It doesn't make things any easier, but it can be really hard to let go of that pressure if you feel this so-called biological clock ticking. And so I was curious what your perspective is on that and what advice you might give them to not feel so pressured and to um, move forward in dating, but without this really strong, heavy pressure. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful gift. That it's it's like a it's spiritual growth is what it is. Forced spiritual growth. It's like having kids. <laughs> like once you have the kids, even you know if you find the partner and have the kids, then you get a ton more forced growth, right? And this is just another step in that process because what happens is like anything else that we desire deeply. And I think the biology of wanting children is one of the deepest, if not the deepest human desire. And it's not for everyone and it doesn't, it's not for most people's entire lives, but there's certain periods of life. And sometimes this can be intensified at an age. It can also be intensified at a stage of life or uh, when the conditions are right, like people are now in a relationship that's going well, all of a sudden that urge can kick in super strong. And so it's one of the deepest desires we have. But in a way, it's just like anything that we deeply desire. You know, we deeply desire to have our own business or to earn a certain amount of money or to travel the world or to have certain friends or whatever it is that we really want in our lives. There's the wanting of it. And then that's beautiful. That's going to drive us. But then there's the grasping and the I need to have this or else I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And when we veer, when we go, that's like we're going too far and it's totally human. We all do it. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just when that starts to happen, our mind will start to strategize about how we can manipulate the world around us to make that happen. And what we want to do is instead of going with those, you know, strategies, we want to pause and say, ah, that's a red flag. The most important thing for me to do now is to come back into my center and myself and know that. A couple of things. One, I don't ultimately have total control. Assuming that your plan involves another person. If you wanted to, you know, if one wanted to go get impregnated through different means and raise a child on her own, she could. Then she would have total control. But maybe not even then because you never know if you could, that the baby would survive all that stuff. But, you know, a lot more control. But if you want it with someone and you want like the family and that sort of vision, you don't have control. You can't like go get one at a store. I'm going to buy that one, bring him home. (laughs) So you don't have control. And that's a beautiful metaphor for all of life because you don't really have control. So you don't have control. And the truth is I'll be okay no matter what. And for me personally, what helps me let go is realizing that 
I am guided in life and that everything is unfolding in right timing and as it should. Mm-hmm. And that's just a chosen belief. That's just something I tuned into and feels right to me. Obviously, you, people have to find their own way to that. That's just something I, after bashing my head against the wall for so many years, trying to control so many things and feeling so stressed out if they weren't going to happen the way I wanted, I was like, oh, there's got to be a better way. And that's when I really started to consciously adopt that. And yes, I'll still have spasms of wanting control. But what we want to do is keep resetting ourselves. And a couple phrases is I'll be okay no matter what. And then really focusing on it's going to like right timing. And one other point, though, um, know yourself, know what you're looking for and know, like, is this I don't have control, but I can guess some things that are very not down the path that I want. Right. So if you're spending a lot of time on dating apps where most of the people there are just interested in hooking up. okay, that's maybe you'll find something there, but maybe that's just uh, absorbing you and distracting you from having a space open in your life for something more deeper. Yeah. And I also think like with this whole conversation of knowing what you want, knowing what you're looking for and not wasting your time with the wrong people, it's really important to realize that the energy that you come with affects his perception a lot. Because even if he does want a family and he does want commitment, if you come with this really pressured, serious energy, like I need this to happen and I need it now, like that doesn't (laughs) entice him into wanting to impregnate you. (laughs) Like that just probably makes him feel afraid versus if you talk about it in a way where you're like really excited for that phase of your life, even though it hasn't happened yet. Um, So it's just a subtle shift between being excited and looking forward to it rather than being fearful and worried that it might not happen and being very serious about getting that done. Yeah. I mean, just with that language, <laughs> serious, getting this done. There's also, it's just like a quality of like, it doesn't, I need a man and I need him tonight. Like it doesn't matter who he is, right? There's some so, sort of quality of. Um, a client recently on the phone with me told me, Amber, I need to have been in a six month relationship yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. And of course that's not the energy that you want to be with, be in when you go on a date. But sometimes that energy is what people are feeling. So it's really important to be aware of how you feel when you think about your future, when you think about family and kids, do you feel good and excited about that? Or do you feel constricted and pressured? Because that's naturally going to influence him when you speak about it as well. So also when you're talking about if you want a relationship, if he wants family and kids, and you're talking about those things on the date or before the date, it's really important to come from a place of curiosity. Like, oh, like, so what are you looking for versus like, so are you looking for this? Because if not, I don't want to waste my time. Like, it's just a very different energy. And a lot of women are coming with that serious, pressured, strong energy that actually turns away a lot of guys who might be open to that. Yeah, absolutely. And really at its at its root, it's it's fear. Right. And this idea yeah. that I need it at this time in this way or else. But that's arbitrary and that's made up. And the whole biological clock thing is way broader and way more, again, out of our control. Because I know women in their early 30s who were unable to have children for yeah. a variety of reasons. And I know uh, a good friend of our ours um, just had a child at 50. She was 50 and her baby was just born. Maybe even 51 when the baby – she got pregnant when she was 50, I think. So, you know, it, there, this idea of it's got to be this way or else and then we grasp at it and there's so much fear behind that. 
And fear tends to make us operate on the world through force. I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to control things. And no one wants to be on the receiving end of that. And it's okay to feel that. You don't want to um, kind of jam yourself up and try to get, get all tight and upset and try to stop feeling that way because you can't just block it. What you need to do is you need to re- release it. You need to heal it because it's based upon this uh, erroneous assumption that's like, I need this out there to happen for me to feel okay. And if that out there, whatever that is, does not happen, I won't be okay for the rest of my life. And that is, that's a fabrication. That's not even true, but that's what we believe. And then everything goes from there. And so what's going to happen, if you notice you're doing what Amber's describing, you're kind of showing up with that tense energy, I would say, instead of trying harder and faster, (laughs) take like a month and just really slow down. Yes. And just be like, whoa, I need to do some inner healing. I need to let go. I need to find joy in this moment. I need to be okay. I need to find peace. I need to find like more connection with spirit or what brings me joy or whatever. Because then when you're in that place, then things happen without force. It's like power. You become magnetic and you create what you want. Yeah. There's actually an episode on this podcast called Slow Down to Speed Things Up. (laughs) Ah, So, yeah, um, yeah, kind of along the same lines of what you're talking about. So we have an event coming up in June. It's called the Ultimate Confidence Breakthrough, and it's in Portland, Oregon. So Dr. Aziz is going to be leading that event for three days. And Dr. Aziz, can you tell us a little bit more about what this event entails? Yeah, I love it. And I love that you're there too. Amber is rocking it when she's there helping people get confidence left and right. And (laughs) uh, so this event is really about core confidence, confidence in every area of life, including dating and relationships. And the biggest thing that stops us from being our most confident, most authentic, boldest self in the world is fear, but particularly a fear of others' judgment, fear of rejection. That's why we don't put ourselves out there in dating. That's why we say, don't say what we think. That's why we people please. That's why we over others. That's why we put on a mask. It's all about this fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, fear of what are they going to think. And so at that event, because I'm really about deep transformation, not just like a, you're confident for a day or two and then you go back to life as usual. I want a deep shift for people. And that's going to come from going straight into that fear of rejection and really healing that at its root. And that's what we're there to do for three days together. And it's powerful. And so the shift that people experience comes from that fundamental change inside. And then you start to see on the outside, more lightness, more expressiveness, more carefree, almost like how we were when we were kids before we had that first moment of self-consciousness and what do people are going to think of me? So that's what we really want to bring ourselves back to. And of course that becomes very radiant, very magnetic, from a dating and love perspective, because you're, you're, you're loving yourself. Yeah. And it's so crazy how visible the changes in people are from one day to the next. Mm-hmm. Like I meet people on Friday and they're like shaking in their boots talking to me. And the next day I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. They're like so confident and self-assured. It's just amazing what these live experiences can do to people because it's one thing to listen to a podcast but to actually be immersed in it with a room of other people who are doing the same thing as you is just a completely different experience yeah no i i love that and i I similarly am uh, just take a, a lot of joy in watching that that shift and it just shows the power 
of the environment, of how we're treating ourselves, the actions we take. And what I love about it most is everyone leaves there, you know, is someone going to go there and then meet the love of their life at that weekend or the day after? I don't know. Maybe, maybe (laughs) maybe not. You never know. Right. But what everyone leaves there with is the story that says, I'm just this way, or I can't be confident in this way, or I can't be confident until I look a certain way or whatever their stories are. They just get shattered. And people are like, oh, I get it. You can, anyone can build more confidence. And that's because that's what we do there for three days. And that to me is the biggest liberation of all, because then people can take that for the rest of their lives and know that they can build confidence in dating and their self-image and their ability to communicate and their relationship and assertive skills, everything. All confidence is just a skill. Yes. And so for the listeners of this podcast, we have a special discount and there's going to be a link in the show notes if you are interested in coming this June and meeting Dr. Aziz and I and participating in this event. And then you also have some other projects. So one is Shrink for the Shy Guy, which Mm -hmm. is just called Shrink for the Shy Guy because when you're building your business, you niche, but um, it's relevant to everybody. And there are so many great episodes in there about confidence building, assertiveness, love and relationships. So that's a podcast on iTunes. And um, where else can people find that podcast if they're not listening on an iPhone? That's great. Um, Stitcher, I think we have it on there as well. Uh, Should be more prepared (laughs) for that question. I don't know. (laughs) We'll link it in the show notes either way. Yeah, one one of my two, Janelle will get you all that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Or just search shrink for the shy guy. You'll find yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, you're working on a book right now called Omos. And mm-hmm. can you tell us what that stands for and a little bit more about what that book is going to be about? Yeah. Ah, I love that book. I am in, I am in love with that book. It's called Omos and it stands for on my own side. And it's for uh, all of us to fundamentally heal self-criticism and transform it into permanent self-worth and self-love and again that stuff of body image and how do i look and what do i think oh so many we have so much criteria on our worth and that book is really designed to fundamentally change that and it's not just we say some affirmations and we try to feel a little better it's like whoa let's take a step back and see how we got here why are we so hard on ourselves what are all the subtle ways that we're just jerks to ourselves and then how do we like completely change that? And that's the, that's why I always go for big. So, and the beauty of it is my one of my favorite parts is in the writing of it, like any book, but especially that one, the writing of it transforms me and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting deeper, more and more deeply on my own side. Cause there is no end to that, how much we can really fall in love with ourselves. And that's the goal of the book is to take people no matter where they are, whether it's like intense self judgment and criticism, self hatred all the way up to not just okay, I accept this about myself, but but (laughs) this horrible thing. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've come to, I've come to terms with my ugliness, you know, (laughs) you know, no, like truly loving yourself. Like, um, just the other day I was putting one of my boys to, to sleep and he was starting to fall asleep and there's this sweet, you know, usually I'm reading the book to him fall asleep, but there's this moment where I don't even need to read anymore because they're so tired and I start to sing and I'm watching him and I'm just watching his face as he falls asleep. And I just want to look at his face. Like there's, there's an endless fascination. It's like looking at one of a beautiful sunset or some, or a flower. And it's like, what, what if 
it felt that way to look at yourself. Mm-hmm. What if you felt that way? I mean, not, you know, my son's not, you know, objectively the most beautiful model in the world or something. He's, <laughs> you know, but, but that beauty is, is so um, impactful. And that's what I want us to feel, not just for our appearance, but, but for our essence and for who we are. And so that's what I'm putting into that book. And that'll be coming out um, towards the end uh, in the fall of this year, 2019. Yay, I'm so excited for that book. And actually the way that I found you and the way that we started working together was that I found your book on Amazon, The Art of Extraordinary Confidence, and I was so touched by it. So maybe before that book comes out, people can prepare (laughs) with The Art of Extraordinary Confidence, which was such a life-changing book for myself as well. Mm. And I'm so happy about all the consequences that came from finding you that way. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience of the podcast, Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast? Well, you're in good hands. Uh, Amber is amazing. And what I love about you, Amber, is there's a lot of practical advice that you give. And I think that's why a lot of the clients that you've worked with um, and helped with confidence are drawn to you. There's a lot of like, they're like, okay, how do, what do I do in this situation? And you're like, all right, all right, let's break it down for <laughs> you. And they like that, right? People like that. I know you give a lot of that in this podcast, but you bring so much more. And I think that's so needed right now, like a depth of understanding of psychology and the heart and spirit and just like this really broad uh, wisdom that I think is so helpful because behind the how to and how do I get what I want, you know, what we really want is that sense of love and peace. So I am, uh, I'm so glad that you're doing this and, um, that, that, uh, all these people listening are going to grow so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Aziz. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. And the, again, the link for the event is going to be in the show notes for everybody. And I look forward to seeing you there. All right. <laughs> yeah, we can stop now. <laughs> you can now say now bye. we can talk. Now we can talk. Now, I didn't know if I'm going to say goodbye or not, but I didn't. I just went with a sigh. I just ran out of the room. Um. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening today. And if I don't see you at the live event in June, I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye bye. <laughs>